drink cinema. Cheese. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We are two brothers reviewing movies, two drinks at a time. Good afternoon, Brett. Hello. That's Brett. I am Lee. We are the two brothers that I mentioned in the intro. <laughs> yes. Uh, in case you didn't already know that or put that together from the intro. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, which is weird because it's... November, yeah, when we're November, recording this. <laughs> November when we're recording, but it is December when it is releasing. So we are in the Christmas spirit, and the first movies to get us into the Christmas spirit are Home Alone 1 and 2. Mm. These are non-controversially Christmas movies. They are 100% Christmas movies. If you didn't... No, it was a Christmas movie. John Williams makes it very clear with the amount of sleigh bells <laughs> in the music at the start. Very clearly Christmas, but also very clear that John Williams also wrote the score for Harry Potter. Yeah, I, there was definite <laughs> crossover between that. Yes, he's quite good at sampling himself and other composers from the past yeah well some are inspiration some some are beethoven yeah some are holst holst so but this is oh, i don't Dvorak. i was gonna say i don't know if i don't know all of those classical masters well enough to know if any of them have them if any of them have anything like the home alone theme in their symphonies. I don't think so. Especially the bit where the music comes a bit more, like there's like real like 90s drums in it. Like, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. That seems all of a sudden. It's just like ticking along. Like yeah. their 90s drum machine just like comes in in the background to like, we know this is serious now. Shit's about to go down. Yeah, when he's setting up the house with his psychopathic traps. Yeah, it's really interesting to watch. Obviously, it's a Christmas movie, but the thing a lot of people talk about a lot is how violent it is. We're talking about both movies at at once, by the way, in case you didn't work that out. Home Alone 1 and 2. I got onto raisingchildren.net.au. Okay. Okay. Because I was looking up things about the violence in the Home Alone movies. This right. is what raisingchildren.net.au, the Australian parenting website, says about the Home Alone movies. Home Alone has a lot of slapstick violence. Okay. Correct. Now, this is the part that I'm not too sure about. For example, while Home Alone... Kevin watches a gangster movie in which someone gets brutally shot. Yeah, that's not slapstick. Yeah, that's not slapstick comedy. violence. That's just him watching a violent movie. Harry and Marv get shot with an air gun, slip and fall downstairs, get smashed into a wall, get hit with a shovel. That's all slapstick. Yeah. It's very full. Like, it's very painful. The worst one in the first one yeah. is when he goes... And to step on a nail, I actually cringed. I actually can't watch that. <laughs> I was just like, Ugh! and it did, I, thankfully, I thought it was because I haven't watched it for a bit. I thought that it was going to go like fully through his foot. Oh, Emily Blunt, Quiet Place style. Yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's that's the. I had flashbacks of a Quiet Place. Emily Blunt steps on a nail. Done. Which you know is coming because you see the nail get pulled up like half oh, an hour earlier. Because it's the quiet place, she can't make a noise. She can't scream. Right. Even though she steps on a nail because right. she's rushing because the monsters are there. Spoilers. Well, no one in Home Alone is going to survive in the quiet place. No. Because no. every, every single person in this movie is loud. Yes. Theatlantic.com says the title of this article is Home Alone, Beloved Holiday Torture Porn. <laughs> Oh god, okay. And really the the more it goes on and then when you watch two straight after it as I did, the more it just becomes sadistic. The 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 traps in the second one 
yeah. are so much worse than yep. the first yep. one. Like, in the like, second I'm one, sorry, he gets but electrocuted. Yeah, Marv is dead. Yeah, Marv would have died. So he gets electrocuted and then he... What, what? There was another one that he would have died where he fell like three they, yeah, floors. Yeah, they fall, fall from a, the third story inside and outside. After he'd already been hit in the head with three or four bricks. Yes. But Harry is um, also, from the very start when they jump out of the toy shop in the second one, Harry flies up two stories and lands on a car. Yeah, yeah. Like, people don't survive that stuff. That was, and there is a bit of criticism about Home Alone 2 that it is too violent and its violence is a bit extreme. But it's just the, so at the start of the first one, chaos, stupidly large family is going on a holiday to France because they're rich. (laughs) And everybody's just running around the house. Have you seen my this? Have you seen... Sort out your own thing, 12-year-old yeah. girl. Yes. All right? Then Kevin needs to shockingly pack his own suitcase, yeah. which horrifies him. Because he's eight years old. He goes, pack my own suitcase? Kevin, at the start of the first movie, he's a turd. Yeah. He's an annoying little brat. At the start of the first movie, he can't pack his own suitcase. But then two days later, he can rig up his whole house with booby traps. Yeah, he's a very clever kid, but also is, as the French say, les incompetents. Les incompetents. <laughs> Stupid. So These kids, this whole family is annoying. It's Christmas, right? Yes. So we have a brother that has children. That's correct. It's a big ask for you to say to your brother, I'm getting transferred to France in the summer. Can you look after my kids for six months until winter? Oh, don't worry, I'll fly you to Paris. Yeah, I because that I house has that. in it, right? Yeah, Peter and what's her name? Kate. Kate. Peter and Kate's five kids. Yeah, Buzz, three girls, Kevin. Yes, yeah, right. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter and Kate and their five kids. Yeah, right in that huge house, the silver tuna. Right. Then it's got Frank the asshole and his wife. Well, they're just staying there for. They don't live there. No, no, and their kids. But Pe- Peter's and Frank's other brother. Rob, who lives in Paris, yeah, their kids are there as well. And, yeah, Peter says oh. to the policeman, Joe Pesci, Yes. Um, my brother got transferred to Paris in the summer, so he's flying us all out there for a holiday. So have those has Rob's kids been living with Peter for all of the Rob's fall. Ki- which ones were Rob's kids? There's a, they're definitely Rob's kids there because Joe Pesci asks every kid, are your parents here? And some say yes. Then some say yes, but they don't live here. And then one kid says, yes, but he lives in Paris. Oh, I missed that. So the Parisian worker brother kids yeah. are living with Peter and Kate. They also have a massive house in the middle of New York City. It's yeah, getting renovated. They have a three-story, like the nanny, yeah, size yeah, house. Yeah, house watch. Not even in the middle of New York City is there no. a small house. <laughs> yeah. So the brother is loaded. Frank's a grumpy, tight ass, and then I think Peter some, sits somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Frank is a dick um, and a cheap, as Macaulay Culkin actually says in the start of the second movie, a cheapskate. Yeah. And yep. I was like. Oh, thank you. Somebody finally said it. No, everyone thinks it because like, Frank's there mooching off them and then he takes the pizzas from the delivery guy at the start, which is like 120 them. bucks, yep. but doesn't pay for him. So oh, my brother will sort it out. Yeah. And then later on, and then he gets in the um, plane. The plane. He goes, it's free champagne. Yeah. yeah. Like, fuck off, Frank. Side note. If you ever fly anywhere with kids and I find out that you've flown first class and the kids have flown economy, yeah, I'm going to just call you a dickhead straight to your face. And also, if you fly anywhere with kids and during the flight you don't check on them at all, you dick. Well, if In you the fly second anywhere one, with the, kids yeah. and forget one, you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> if you do that once, you're a dick. If you do it twice, you're negligent. Yes. <laughs> And you can tell that that's what airport security is thinking in Home Alone 2. 
<laughs> he's like, what kind of fucking parents have I got here? The guy who plays Kramer in Jerry is clearly getting a report when they get back to Chicago. Yes. From the Family Crisis Centre yeah. of the Chicago PD. So we go... Yeah, but Kevin is a turd. Frank is an yeah, asshole. Little brat. Buzz is a dick. Not even every kid is an ass. Is some is, is yeah. either yeah. annoying or an asshole. But Catherine O'Hara barely hides the fact that she doesn't like Frank. Well, would you? But neither does like Frank's wife doesn't even like Frank. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nobody likes Frank. And then when they get to Paris, and Rob's wife is there. And Frank comes out with the prawns. Oh, bro- and she's like, oh, they're for later, She's like, they're for later, Frank. Frank, fuck's sake, Frank. And then, just go, and then yeah, that was so dumb. Um, so if you have a kid, right? Yep. Um, and your brother-in-law is at your house mooching off you for a couple of nights. Yes. Would you be hap- Would you be okay with the fact that he was just goes... Just call, f- yells at him and calls straight, him a jerk. Straight to his, you little jerk. Yeah, in front of everyone. Look what you've done, you little jerk. Yeah. No. Well, interestingly, Catherine O'Hara didn't like a lot of that script and actually had arguments with John Hughes and Chris Columbus about it, particularly when she said, um, "Say when he was saying, I wish I wake up tomorrow and none of you were here. And then she goes to him, say that again. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Now, she was like, this is way too mean. And mm. he's like, no, it has yeah. to stay in. It has to stay in. But mm. then when she saw the movie, to, when she saw the movie, she understood that the whole thing was setting up Kevin's perception of how much everybody hates him. I think the whole thing is from Kevin's point of view. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so... Frank might not have been as nasty in tone as he really was if we're seeing it from Kevin's point of view. Does that make sense? Yeah, still. But yeah, it's still he's still an asshole. I'm not making any excuses for Frank. No, no, no. Frank and Grandpa Joe can go and bloody live on an island somewhere and not and fucking, take advantage of any children anymore. Fucking Buzz, I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass. He's a big brother. He's a dick. Big brother's a dick, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Being anyway. the big brother. He's also dumb AF. He goes, I'm not worried about Kevin for three reasons. A, blah, blah, blah. Two, blah, yeah. blah, <laughs> D, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and fucking Fuller. Fuller knows he's going to piss himself. <laughs> and he's quite happy about yeah, it. Yeah. You know what's interesting? A difference between Home Alone 1 and 2 that re- probably only someone like me would notice. I think I noticed it as well. Pepsi versus Coke. Yep. <laughs> so in the first one was a much lower budget <laughs> yeah. and much so lower expectations. They could so only get Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi could afford to get in. But then obviously for the second one, everything's price went up, mostly to pay Macaulay Culkin's record-breaking child star payday. <laughs> yes. So they had to get Coke to pay extra. So um, Fuller's made it. That's a big life change. Yeah, that is a big life change, actually. Like, people out there know. Pepsi, you're a Pepsi or a Coke You're a Pepsi or a Coke. You can't just go in between willy-nilly. No, except for Fuller. It's a lifelong commitment. Yeah, it's, it's a life choice. It is a life choice. But Fuller goes between the two. Both of these movies could have been solved if American Airlines did allocated seating. Yeah, I wrote that. Was it in the first or the second one? Well, in the first one, they go on and they're like, yes, you've just made it. It's single seats only and coach, just find what you can. Yeah, and then in the second one, they said in the taxi on the way, saying, why aren't we all sitting together? Okay, good. So remember that. That's why we don't see you on the plane. That's why we don't know Kevin's... But if they had allocated seating... Someone would have been like, Oi, Kevin's not sitting next to me. Can we not take off yet? Yeah, if anybody, if any of these kids were actually good people, <laughs> yeah, they would have been like, So Kevin's not here. So the real Christmas message is even though your family could be assholes, you still want to see them Christmas morning. Yeah, even if, even if all of them hate you. Well, Kevin, though, when he does his little prayer to Santa, he says, and if you have time, Uncle Frank. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not fussy if Uncle Frank doesn't come back. Yeah. 
as long as mum and Megan and dad and even Buzz, like he'd rather Buzz come back than Uncle Frank. Yeah. That says a lot about Uncle Frank. But it also, it was also one of the, at the start and leading up to them having to rush and then forgetting Kevin. It was all a bit, this had to go wrong. This had to go wrong. He had to go sleep upstairs by himself because of this. And then he had to do this because of this. Yeah. And then... I think that's actually well the, set up though. The tree fell down and knocked out the power and yeah. the this and the that and the that. In the first one, that's there's much more effort into setting that up. Yeah, in the second one, like he just Kevin has the his arg- clock. Yeah, Kevin has the argument with the mom about Fuller in the bed and even though she's being mean to him because he's been a dick, she relents and was like, fine, just go and sleep up there as long as you get out of my fucking face. Yeah. Which leaves him by himself. And then the storm is a natural thing that happens in Chicago on December 23 or 22. Yeah. I imagine. But then the second one, they're just like, oh, here, here's him recording Frank yelling. Like, okay, yes. that'll come back yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, oh, it just unplugs the clock. Yeah. They're, they're a little bit more obvious, which you notice when you watch them back to back like I did. Yeah, yeah. You notice the uh, differences and the slightly less effort. Um, there is also no way they make that flight in the no. first one. No. We're not going to make this flight. It leaves in 45 minutes. It's domestic. Oh, no, it's not. A, no, it's in the first one, it's international. Yeah, yeah. And assuming that they don't live really that close to the airport, considering how suburban it looks, I don't know about Chicago's Chicago geography. O'Hare is not in the suburbs. I know. They don't live as close They're not as the castle. The Kerrigans. <laughs> yeah. They don't live in Coolaroo. But also, they're not that... Yeah, they're not close enough. But the, the trick is... They can run in movie fast motion. Yes. As yeah, we saw yeah, yeah. in that whole <laughs> mess in the house. They just get um, Chris Columbus to speed the tape up for them and they make their make it there much quicker. I didn't realise until watching this for the purpose of reviewing it how much this is just... The first one particularly is just Kevin. Like it's so much Macaulay Culkin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... Even though it's Macaulay Culkin with Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern and Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara's in about a third of what Kevin is. Yes. And Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern really aren't in it until the last 20 minutes. Yeah, and the dad's barely in it. John yeah. Heard, barely in the thing, but he gets higher billing than well, Catherine he's O'Hara. He's, he'd done more movies by this stage than Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara was fairly new to movies. And she looks very young if you've just watched her in Schitt's Creek, yeah, doesn't she? <laughs> true. She's looks, very good. She looks somewhat normal. It's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. She was just wearing normal mum clothes. Like, what was with that? Her and John Candy sitting in the truck on the way back to Chicago. That little exchange. Oh, they it's had. so good. And it must have been ad-libbed. It was. I just read it. Like, well, pretty John, much all of John Candy's stuff was just ad lib. John Candy's like polka, 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 and then he's like, "Yeah, I left my child in a funeral in a parlor." Funeral parlor, <laughs> and then she's just like, "Oh, okay." And, she's and like, he maybe just, we don't talk about it. And this is how. It, yeah, he was just stayed there for hours by himself with the yeah. corpse. He eventually <laughs> recovered. He was talking again in six or seven yeah. weeks. It's <laughs> like, how about we don't talk about this? Like, well, you brought it up. You can t- you can tell like if you watched enough of like a lot of Catherine O'Hara stuff in all the Christopher Guest movies is very ad libbed. Well, I think they and a lot of they John Candy is too. Before oh yeah, in that ad lib stuff, um, you could tell that they definitely worked together before. Yeah. So, but John Candy, it's funny when we first kind of see John Candy, Catherine O'Hara's going off. At the desk, yeah. When they find when she finally gets back stateside, and there's two people standing behind Catherine O'Hara, an extra, and John Candy, yeah. And the extra doesn't even seem to acknowledge that this Karen is going off <laughs> at the check-in desk, <laughs> yeah. Whereas John Candy's like, oh, oh, poor thing. I better buy her an orange whip. 
Orange Whip. Orange Whip. Our second John Candy movie. uh, And Home Alone 2 is our second Dana Ivey movie. Yeah, and our second... Second Tim Curry. Curry. And our second Macaulay Culkin and John Hurd. (laughs) (laughs) Our second Catherine... They did very well in Home Alone 2 to get the whole family back. Yes. They would have had a lot of money to throw at them. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's 14 family members they had to get back to make that family work. And it's not like Adam's family where they just cut Pugsley out of a couple of scenes. (laughs) They kept them all in and they didn't have many lines again. Yeah, true. But they kept them all in. Jeez. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash two drink cinema. As a patron, you gain access to exclusive bonus episodes and can contribute to the making of Two Drink Cinema. The support of our patrons can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema. Cheers. After when he wakes up in the first one, he wakes up and everybody's gone. Yep. Takes him a little bit to realise. What's happened? Well, like, to be fair, some days when I wake up, it takes me a little while to realise what day of the week it is. So maybe he thinks he's just getting up for a normal day, forgetting that he's meant to be flying to Paris that day. Yeah. He also wouldn't know what time it is. He wouldn't know it's like 9.30. He'd just think, oh, I'm up before everybody else. And then he realises, I made my family disappear. disappear. Eyebrows. There's one theory about Home Alone and it's that Kevin wouldn't have been able to get on the plane anyway. When they spill the drink on the bench and then on the table, yeah, in they cleaning throw up out the bench, like ticket or something. John Heard throws out a ticket. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. actually, there, there's two sides to that theory. One is... No, but then he says later on they're in the microwave. The passports are in the microwave to dry them out. I don't... Put them in the oven, not just, the microwave. Just leave them on the bench. Yeah, hang them over the clothes horse. Yeah. So there's two sides to that theory about the thing being in the bin. One is that they would have got to the airport and Kevin wouldn't have had a ticket and wouldn't have been able to get on the plane. Yeah. In which case, it would have been Kate and Kevin home alone. Or they would have been different. bought another ticket. Yeah, because they're loaded. Yes. Ke- um, Frank wouldn't have. Peter would have. The other theory is that... That's another thing that contributes to them leaving him home because they've got the pile of tickets and they give them out to everyone that's there and he's, they've got none left. But they don't do that in the first one. They do it in the second one. I don't remember in the first sec, in the first one. No, but this is fan theory we talk about where people on the internet bullshit up ideas about things. Right. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so for a yeah. kid that can't pack his suitcase... The fact that he can strap a mannequin to a record player and puppeteer a cardboard cutter to Michael Jackson is very clever. Jordan. Jordan, sorry. (laughs) Michael Jackson puppeteering. Uh, Anyway, we'll leave that one. Don't go there. No. (laughs) Um, He's very clever in the setting up of the traps, but also before that, the setting up that party is very good. And the people yeah. are moving and playing chess at a party where the Christmas music's pumping. Yeah. And then the train is taking <laughs> around Michael Jordan just, just with one hand yeah. up. The One of Kate's dressmaking dolls is just spinning around on the record player. He's also then also very confident to just go shopping by himself. Yeah. Walk to the shopping centre. He's doing all that, but he's still scared of the old man with the shovel. Yeah, yeah. I do, uh, He, if he was in any other movie, like if the family was home and he was doing those some of those things, I'd be like, you're one of those fucking precocious kids in yeah. movies that I hate. Yeah. But it works in this because it's part of the funny of it. Yeah. Is that he's like, oh, I've got a coupon for that. Yeah, exactly. At the shopping centre. Are you shopping like, by yourself? Like, I'm eight years old. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the second one as well, um, when he goes to check in, 
And then she's like, uh, are you here by yourself? She's like, a reservation for a kid. Man, my my feet are barely touching <laughs> the ground and I can barely see over this counter. How would I get a reservation? Yep. With the talk, mate. Is this, that what it's called? My name is Peter McAllister. The father. father. <laughs> the talk boy. I looked up about the talk boy, right? Yeah. The talk boy didn't exist. It was just something that they made up for the film so yeah. that he could do things like slow down his voice and record Frank in the record shower. Frank in the shower and all of that. But then once the movie came out, kids were going to the shops looking for the talk boy. <laughs> so a company, surprise, surprise, a Japanese electronics company, right. stepped up and started making talk boys and sold them. That's pretty smart. Yeah, that's a very good um, inspiration, very good capitalization on the movie. But it would be cool. Um, with the, some of the rigging up of the things as well. Yes. A lot has to go right for it to work. Yeah. Like if they flipped it around and Marv went in the door with the homemade flamethrower. It's going to fry his shoulder. It's going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the same thing with the, when Marv, uh, Joe Pesci walks into like the cling wrap with the sticky yeah, shit on it. That's made for Joe Pesci's height. Yeah. Not Daniel Perfectly Stern's. Perfectly his face. Yep. The other thing in Home Alone 2 that I wrote down, we said that he got electrocuted. Daniel Stern won. With, that would have killed yeah. him. Yeah. The second one, because it's water as well. He was standing in water and grabbed onto electrified tap yeah, handles. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's done. Yeah, you're dead. The... The other bit. Jo- Joe Pesci yeah. puts his head into a toilet full of gasoline. He does he a hand the step, whole house up. But he does is athletic enough and acrobatic enough yeah. to do a full handstand maybe into the, the toilet bowl. Maybe he was the stunt double for Belushi and Blues Brothers. Maybe. 12 years, 10 years earlier. Yeah, who knows? It's It was an explosion enough to light up the whole level of the house. But Joe yeah. Pesci just gets up and walks away. That got a bit much in the second one. Well, that and the violence got a bit much in the second one. You know what I thought? The second one, the second one's longer than the first one by like 15 minutes. Oh, really? But there's so much less build up of story. There's so much more of the city. Yeah, it's like, I feel like the mayor of New York yeah, at the time, fucking Giuliani probably. No, um, but yes. He paid them to make this movie to make New York look really good and Miami look like a shithole. But also <laughs> to make New York look really good, except Central Park after the sun goes yeah, down. Yeah, except Central Park at any time or... The Plaza the Hotel. NYPD, NYPD. That's the, other, the funniest line in the second movie. When the parents... So, Catherine O'Hara and John Hurd come to New York and yes. they're at the hotel. And for two parents that have for two years in a row lost their child going on holiday, yep. they are very judgmental to the, yes. the hotel yeah, staff yeah. whose job Tim, is not to look after their kid. It's Tim Curry's fault. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. You've left your kid home just, two years in a row. What kind of incompetent people work here? And then Dana, I was like, the greatest in New York yeah, or whatever it goes, is. What kind of idiots do you have working here? And Dana Ivy pipes in New up, York. the finest in New York. But also <laughs> Tim Curry and Rob Snyder still look really proud. Yeah. As yeah. soon as she says, the finest in New York. Uh, character actors. Oh, great. Dana Ivey, uh, Rob Schneider. I did, I confused myself a little bit because when, after Tim Curry walks in and sees the blow up, I was going to say blow up doll. The inflatable clown. <laughs> the inflatable clown yeah. in the shower that Kevin is pretending to be Frank. Get out of here, you little pervert. Yeah. And then the next day, Kevin comes down and says, if you saw a man naked, would you ever want to see him again? Yeah. I'm like, well, Tim Curry maybe would. I'm like, no, no, that's Frankenfurter. <laughs> that's Frankenfurter. That's not but Tim Curry. <laughs> this character as well. Mm. I don't know if him and Rob Schneider are. Here's, here's a question. 
If Tim Curry was Rowan Atkinson, would he be sleeping with Dana Ivey yeah. or Rob Schneider? <laughs> Depends. Or who's the better or worse hotel manager, Tim Curry or Rowan Atkinson? Tim Curry is worse. Really? Because he just can't keep track of a kid, whereas Rowan Atkinson has to deal with a horde of witches. So Rowan Atkinson has a bigger challenge, so you're giving him more leeway. Tim Curry, yeah, but also shitter. Tim Curry didn't kill anyone with a meat with cleaver. the meat cleaver, but and not having an, Angelica, an open affair with Angelica <laughs> Houston was a witch though. So Tim Curry That's got true. outsmarted by well, a ten-year-old boy. Not Tim Curry. The whole staff of the yeah, Plaza yeah, Hotel, yeah. New York's finest experience, yes, got outsmarted by a ten-year-old. Well. Sir, I'm a 10-year-old. TV is my life. Yeah. And then, would you expect, uh, tipping isn't a part of our culture in Australia, but if you were in the service industry in the US, and any of our US listeners can confirm this, would you expect a 10-year-old boy to tip you? No, but then, you know what's interesting, I thought? You expect him to tip. I suppose you're tipping him directly. But then, on the uh, room service bill at the end... Yep. It already has, it's like total blah plus gratuities gratuities and taxes, I think, equals blah. Oh. So there's already tips and gratuities on that bill, but I suppose Rob Schneider wouldn't get any of that. That would be for the hotel. But that's not how it's meant to work. The tips are meant to go to the people. Yes. Anyway, that's a... But if it's room service... Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you would tip the room service waiter, but not the kitchen staff. Yes, but then I think there's a thing because one of our friends has worked in uh, service in the states, and they often the service staff will often pass on a bit of their tips to the like the bus boys that clear the tables yeah, yeah, yeah. or that. Yeah, because they know, and this is what my friend told me, they know that if the bus boys are quicker and clear the tables quicker the turnover of people in the seats is higher, which so increases more, the service yeah. tips. Yeah. Or just pay a living wage. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Pay someone um, more than $3 an hour. In the first one, when Catherine O'Hara is trying to get back to America and she makes this deal with this woman. Yeah, who and the guy who's the one with the... He's the in goiter. Seinfeld, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have the goiter, but he's that grumpy old man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's just, I will give you two first-class tickets, this amount of, mo- of money, I don't know. $500. $500. Which is long enough for an extra two days in Paris in 1990. My watch, my bracelet, my earrings. My blah, Rolex. Blah, blah, blah. Is it real? Do you think it do is? You, do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's real. Weird. And just goes, as a mother, like, you should, are you just assuming this woman has children? I think they might have chatted before. That's what I also thought as well. Yes. But then the, the old guy was like, no, we have to go. And he's like, but I'm desperate, blah, blah. And he's just like, okay. Yeah. And then she's back to, not Sheboygan. Sheboygan Scranton. is where? Scranton. Scranton, Ohio. Ohio? Mrs. Ohio. And isn't Missouri. Chicago? No, Scranton, Ohio. I don't know how from I also don't know. Yeah, that's what I was. I don't know Paris. the geography of. No, but also from Paris. Is someone flying from Charles de Gaulle direct to Scranton? Um, I don't know how often well, that would be. You're just going to get on flight centre to Paris to Scranton. Because I feel like there are more flights yep. from Paris to Chicago O'Hare than there is to Scranton, Ohio. Um, there's available Monday, the 13th of December. How much? Um, non-stop. A thousand on Air Caribus <laughs> or French B that goes eight hours or there's connecting well, on Turkish bad. Airlines and Lufthansa. So Turkish Airlines, it says connecting from $1,400, um, 17 hours and 35 minutes. So that is that going from like Paris to... Turkey Paris and <laughs> look to Turkey to Russia to anyway. Twic, it says Paris okay. to Scranton. Six ways to travel via train, plane, 
You can't catch a train from Paris to Scranton. Well, I just thought that, but anyway. Train from Paris to Heathrow and then a flight to Scranton, Ohio. Anyway, we're not a travel podcast. Fly Paris Charles de Gaulle to Scranton Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. To Newark. You can go to Newark and then get a bus. You can go to New York JFK and then get a bus. Or you could just bribe a old lady to give her your ticket. You know what? Speaking of You know what? I would totally take that. She doesn't listen. Our mother, you wouldn't even have to give her money. You could just say to our mother, if you're in Paris, she goes, here's a first class ticket home. You get two extra days in Paris. She's like, I don't care. (laughs) I'll be in the cargo (laughs) hold on Friday instead of Wednesday. I'll stay in Paris for two days. The one thing I think you would like, when the polka band is playing in the back of the budget rented truck, when John Candy talks, the clarinet stops. I did like that. Even if John Candy's fake clarinet playing, clarinet playing, yeah, is not great. He puts it in his mouth properly. Yeah, but the fingers don't move the at fingers all. Fingers don't move. Yeah, even though it's playing the Christmas carols. Yeah, but I did like that. But also, like as a musician, it did remind me of the time at music camp when we had to get back because we were going to be late and oh, put yeah. on the Christmas music. <laughs> As a musician, if I ducked out of my little jam session, I wouldn't come in in the middle of a phrase. Oh, you'd just be like, wait, wait, wait. And then come in the start of the next line. John Candy just ducks out mid-phrase. Well, they're a very they're a top-notch polka band in certain parts well, of true, America. Actually, I shouldn't question him. He is the polka king of the Midwest. He's the polka king of the Midwest. Yes. <laughs> he sold 179 copies in Sheboygan. Yeah. Which I don't even know where I that is. I don't know where that is, yeah. Um, in the second one, you know, at the start, this kind of annoyed me. So the start's like they're getting ready for the Christmas pageant. Yep. And they have the pageant, which all the kids are in the same choir. Yeah. Um, even though it's I'm strange, sure that yeah. Kevin and Buzz would go to different well, schools. as soon as Buzz puts a suit on, he looks 23. Yeah. But then when he's in his school uniform for the thing, he looks like a kid. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, Buzz's prank thing really isn't that funny. That no. the whole audience, all of the parents, would crack up laughing hysterically, like they've never seen anything funny before. Yeah. No, this is a audience. It's a Catholic school, so maybe they're just used to mass, and they haven't seen anything maybe. funny before. Um, but then he pushes Buzz and Dominoes and everything, and then we get the first Kevin, Kevin, of the... and then Kevin gets in more trouble than Buzz. What I what I forgot about that. Was that the Christmas tree knocks over the accompanist? Yeah, that was <laughs> and she goes flying into the audience. That's good. Well, Kevin, the the idea is Kevin has to get into more trouble than Buzz, so that cracks their shits and goes up to the third floor, and everyone's grumpy the next morning. Yeah, Kevin has to hate just, his family at the start. It's not how it would work. So that he loves the family at the end. Yeah, he'd still be going to therapy as well, Kevin. So no, Kevin's in the cell next to Michael Myers. By now. A hundred percent. Not that bad. Donald Pleasance is given up on Michael Myers it's and shot Il- him in the head. They're both in Illinois, aren't they? Yeah, as exactly. well. So it's probably the same jurisdiction. So Donald Pleasance, after Michael Myers disappears, he's like, Oh thank God. He's I back don't have again. to deal with evil right, for very long. Ring, 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 ring. Yeah. Hello, my name is Kate McAllister. My kid is fucking psychotic. Yeah. Can I <laughs> like, not again? Can I convict my kid? Commit my kid? Because he just attempted murdered uh, two thieves two years in a row. Because it goes so far in the first one, it's so far beyond protection. The doors are unlocked. If you're in the, the, in the, the first one, the, ha- the doors to come into the house, he leaves unlocked. If the point of what you're doing is to protect the house, step one is lock the door. Well before, yeah. oil the steps, put a nail yeah. on, set up a blowtorch. Yeah. Lock the door. Don't just make the doorknob boiling hot. Yeah. So he wants to hurt these men. Yeah. He's he doesn't inviting them yeah, in. He doesn't want to keep them out. He wants them to come in so he can yes. torture them. And then in the second one... 
He has photographic evidence of them hands in the till in yeah. Duncan's toy chest. And then recording them as well. And he's also in New York on a main street. There's a policeman like within five steps. Yeah, and but then he the, then yeah. draws them into this other booby-trapped house. And this article, the one that I said that was titled "Holiday Torture Porn," yeah, goes on about the fact that he beckons them up the stairs. He's like, "Had enough? Yeah, are you hungry for more? You want some more? Hey, you, you, are you have you had enough? Yet? I'm really scared." He's sadistic. Yeah, and like, it's so bad. And the second one, the longer it goes on the more it feels sadistic. Yeah, it was a lot more brutal. And it was a lot one. more Kevin wants to hurt these guys. Yeah. Like he lures them from the... It wasn't... And it wasn't just about stopping them robbing the toy store. No, because he lures He's, them to a totally unrelated yeah, house. I'm going to stop you robbing the toy store by luring you into an abandoned house and then attempting to kill you. This isn't just yeah. harming them. No, the whole thing's attempted Attempting murder. to kill them. Yep. Yep. Especially with a fucking staple gun in the yarbles. A staple gun right in the yarbles. And then Daniel Stern's nose just happens to be the same width as a staple. So there must be a... Which is handle. Wide staple. Hand, handy. Um, the oh, pigeon lady... Pigeon lady, Says yes. a good deed undoes a bad deed. Yeah, eye for an eye. Kevin is going to need to cure every kid in that hospital <laughs> after the two years of bad you know deeds I, he's done to these robbers. You know what I thought as well? At the end, when um, Mr. Duncan... Yeah. All these presents... He's great. Yeah, he's really good. All the presents still get delivered. Yep. They still open them all like greedy fuckers. Mm. Like nobody goes, hang on, no, 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 no. I have learnt something. This is the other thing with between the two movies. Nobody has learned any lessons. The only lesson Kevin has learnt is that scary old people aren't that scary. Because he runs away from the pigeon lady and then goes, Oh, hang on a sec. Yeah. I misjudged the sec. shovel slayer this, last year. Yeah. This exact time last year, yeah. another old person scared me but turned out to not be so, scary. Yes. No one's learnt to triple check that all fourteen people are on a plane. Yep. No one's no learnt. one's learnt to check the fucking clock. If I ever yep. overslept yep. a holiday, I would check the clock every time. Here's an example of that, right? When I was about thirteen, yeah. I left my wallet on a train. Yeah. Right? Okay. Every time I get off a train now, check the wallet. I check when I get up from the seat. Yes. But I also add when I get to the door and the beep goes for the doors to open, I look back at my seat just to double check. I do that still. Well, a couple of years ago at a work Christmas party thing, it was like somebody was getting a lift to the after party. Yeah. So I was like, oh, can, I'll just jump in your car. It was like her boyfriend's car or whatever. I got to the bar at the after party and went to get my wallet and noticed that my key, my house keys were gone. And so I was walking down the street. It was like a main street yeah, in yeah, St. Yeah. Kilda. So I'm just like on the road looking. And then I call the girl who goes, I'm like, um, is there a set of keys in your car? And so now every time I'm like, where are my keys? Yeah. Where are my keys? Where are my keys? But not if you're Catherine O'Hara. Not if you're Catherine O'Hara or John Hurd or well, Uncle Frank doesn't care or anybody. Well, no, Uncle Frank should care because he has a go at Peter both times. Yeah, like you in ruined our one, holiday. In the second one, he's like, I'm not going to complain about a free trip. Of course, you're not your tight ass. Yeah. But you guys give a terrible wake-up call. I'm yeah. like, how about set your own fucking alarm? Yeah, you're, you're clearly the older brother, Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Like, come on. But it was just a bit weird. That's the thing with this, because the stories are very the same. Yes. With the whole like, oh, they lose him. It's like they got a copy of the script. And was like, cross Control out F, this. Find and replace. Yeah, cross out this. Old person, shovel, snow snow shovel, pigeons. Yeah. Copy that. Yeah. So it was a bit like nobody learned anything except that um, Macaulay Culkin got a lot better at, at torturing people. It's, it's next level. Like, he's out of control, this kid. Someone needs to rein him in. <laughs> but they never will because Christmas morning... Everyone's yeah. happy to see him. And Buzz thanks him yeah. for getting all of these presents. Yeah, because Miami's a shithole. And it worked out better that they were in the fanciest hotel the room plus, well, in New the York. The most exciting hotel experience. Yeah. Um, 
that's so good even Donald Trump stays there when he's probably got his own hotel. Yeah. Um, it was weird. But then I didn't like in the second one that the movie is angels with even filthier souls. Yes. Now. Yeah, I like that. I thought the line, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, was from one. But it's from two. No, it's from two, yeah. Keep the change of filthy animals is one. And Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and a Happy New Year is in two. I have a T-shirt that says Merry Christmas, you filthy animals yes. on it, which is great. Pity you're not wearing it right now. Actually. So if you were the Plaza Hotel, if we still had a YouTube channel, I'd be wearing it. Good. If you were the Plaza Hotel... Tim Curry's fired. Would you be happy with this movie in real life? If you were the Plaza Hotel in real in life? In real life, yes and no. Because, no, you kind of look like shit. But yes, there is now a whole generation of people our age that want to go stay at the Plaza Hotel. Because it's New York's most exciting hotel experience. Yeah, and it's where they filmed Home Alone 2. You know who else... And it's right at Central Park. You know who else has done well out of the these two movies? John Williams' tuba player. Yes. There's so much. more than I reckon more than any other movie, the tuba is featured. I don't know if yeah. John Williams was trying to sleep with them in 1990, <laughs> 1991, but they, there's so much tuba. If I was still playing, I would um, definitely enjoy this. Do you want to know how much a room, at a suite at the Plaza Hotel, New York's most exciting hotel experience is? Like the suite that he would have had? Okay, so the multi-room suite, there's an Edwardian two-bedroom suite, which I'm going to say is the most basic one because it's the first on the list. Okay? Yep. Two bedrooms connecting suite plus separate parlor room, 144 square meters on floors 19 to 11 to 19, two king beds. So this is above what Kevin had, but below what the family had. Okay. Okay? Yep. So it is... A night. Sorry, I've just got to accept cookies on the website. <laughs> yes. Um, Already over it. It is going to be their Black Friday special. Yeah. Is 696 USD a night. Okay. So that's if you book In- it now. Including breakfast oh, is 1175 a night. So you're telling me it's $500 for breakfast? The New Yorker park and stay. So it's parking with breakfast each day. Their flexible daily rate is 995 USD a night. The Plaza King, their most basic exciting hotel experience, is not what Kevin would have stayed in. No. Um, But it is obviously cheaper than 995 a night. It is 995 a night. Oh, okay. Maybe I clicked the wrong thing. Um, but also, say say you would just happen to be in New York on the 23rd of December. Yes. And go to the Plaza Hotel. Do you really think there's a room? Yeah, no. But also not just one room, that room, and then the humongous penthouse thing that the family stay in at the end. It's just been vacated by a countess. Yes. So the most basicest room... Nine ninety-five a night. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Vanderbilt Fifth Avenue two-bedroom suite, which is more like what the family would have stayed in again at the end. Yeah. Three thousand eight hundred and sixty-five a night. That is ridiculous. Right. That is very expensive. Hundred and thirty-nine square meter two-bedroom suite overlooking Fifth Avenue. Suite features a large airy living room, separate dining area, two full bathrooms. Clawfoot bathtub and separate shower includes butler service. Total Ooh. occupants cannot exceed six people. Tim Curry mm. threw that rule out. Yep. This suite can connect to to another three bedroom suite. Wow. So that's a lot of monies. Yep. Um, or if you want to include the fanciness. This is not an ad for the Plaza okay, Hotel, sorry. by the way. Yep. No, you go. <laughs> um, Cliff the doorman might smooch you, though, if you're lucky. Cliff and Cliff. little peg-legged Mo. You've been smooching with everybody. It's funny. It's very good. Um, In case you didn't know, they made the Angels with Filthy and Angels with Filthier Souls movie for 
the movies. It's not a real movie. It's not just a fluke that Chris Columbus and John Hughes found a movie that lines up perfectly no, with there what's is going an old, on. There is an old gangster movie called Angels with Dirty Faces. Yes, and obviously that so obviously that's is the one that's taken that. the piss out of. Um, so old mate Kieran Culkin, yep, fuller bedwetter gets Succession. a whole humongous bed to himself. Yep, at the end because he's then surrounded by coke cans. How he sleeps, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then he wakes up and goes, "It's Christmas morning." Blah blah blah. And then Kevin's like, "Don't get your hopes up, mate. Santa doesn't know where we are." And then. Um, Fuller goes, Santa's omnipresent. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't think I even knows, know what that means. He's like, Santa's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time. I'm like, thank you for explaining that <laughs> Thanks, to me. Kieran. <laughs> Do you reckon they offered, so they offered Macaulay Home Alone 3, but he declined. Do you reckon they offered it to Kieran? I, I would have offered it to one of the other kids yeah. in the movie. Instead, they offered it to the bowl cut, whoever that kid is. <laughs> He hasn't done anything, so it doesn't matter. Um, speaking of Santa, Kevin knows that Santa is omnipotent. Omnipresent. Omnipresent as well. Omnipotent is all-powerful. Okay. Not all-present. Um, but it's very clever. They've done this very cleverly. So in the first one, they can put in the joke where Santa is that guy and he's smoking and he's got the shit car and he doesn't have his beard on. They can put that joke in for the adults, yes. but then explain it away by Kevin being, I know what the deal is. I know you're not Santa, but I know you work for him. Yes. Which is, sorry if there's any kids listening, which is step between believing in Santa and not believing in Santa is parents saying, that's not really Santa. He's one of Santa's helpers that's sitting at high point Yeah, with the, with the elves. Um, I just looked up Home Alone 3. Yes. The kids know one. Still. Um, but do you know who was in it as the main kid's, I assume, sister? Mm. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. It's random. Yeah. Has that got... That's totally different. And the janitor from Scrubs. Oh, Dr. Jan Ittle. That is totally different. It is Alex Pruitt, an eight-year-old boy living in Chicago, must fend off international spies who seek a top-secret computer chip in his toy car. Oh yes, we talked about this in the in the preview. So that one is we were saying before about how it um is a bit far fetched to leave him behind twice two years in a row. I think yes. this is even more far fetched. Well, it's probably also far fetched to leave him behind three years in a row. Yeah. Let's have a chat. An open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at No Pants Pod. The spin-offs from the original on do get a little bit further and further fetched. Yeah. But I think Home Alone... Four, we said in the preview, but I forgot who it was. Home Alone Four is Kevin McAllister again, right? We talked about it in the preview, so we don't need yep. to talk about it too much more now. Oh, Holy Night is one of my favourite carols. I am aware of this, yes, uh, and that is in the first oh, one, and it's got that annoying kid in it. Yeah. Oh, Peter McAllister, Kate McAllister. Buzz McAllister. Yeah, so it's the Why same is family. Kevin McAllister not the top person? The top person is French Stewart. Well, because he's the biggest name of the people that are in it, I guess. Yeah but, yeah, but still in the first two. In the first one especially, Macaulay Culkin wasn't the biggest name in the movie. No, but he is since. Mike Weinberg is this annoying kid who's a Alex kid actor. Alex Linz. definitely seen... In multiple things. This is Home Alone 4. And sorry, this is probably a bit boring. In Home Alone 3, Alex Pruitt is played by Alex D. Linz. His top four are Home Alone 3, One Fine Day, which is Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney. He plays young Tarzan Scrubs. in Disney's Tarzan. And he plays young Francis Dolahide in Red Dragon. He's in Scrubs. Very this, career. The kid, the annoying looking kid 
from Home Alone 4 is in one episode of Scrubs. And I'm like, that's what I recognize it okay. from. <laughs> the kid from Home Alone 3 hasn't worked since 2007. <laughs> he was in The Politician. Um, it would be very easy to do a medley of John Williams' scores. Yeah. Because you could easily just go straight from Home Alone 1 and 2 into Harry Potter. Into Harry Potter. You could. Yeah. You could. He has two futures from here, Kevin McAllister. One is to be looked after by Donald Pleasance until he escapes and returns to Ohio to try and murder Buzz. Chicago. What did I say? Ohio. Oh, Chicago's not in Ohio. Scranton is in Ohio. Until he returns to Illinois Thank you. to murder Buzz and give John Carpenter another Halloween spin-off. Yes, yeah. Or... He becomes the world's greatest puppeteer. Yeah. Because what he can do with a blow-up doll and two strings is incredible. Yeah. It's like the, some of the greatest puppeteering I've seen in a movie. Like This and Sound of Music. I mean, if it's I just was next level. Jim Henson, I wouldn't be talking to Kevin McAllister. Oh, yeah. But Could have been also, his protege. he just carries around fishing wire. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's where, where does he get this stuff? Yeah. It's established that his grandma gave him the blow-up clown. Yeah, that was very well who gave well him the fishing line? Was it in his dad's bag? I don't know. It's established in the first one there's fish hooks and fishing line because he's been playing with the glue gun. Yeah. And that's clever. In that first time where the parents aren't there in the first one and Kevin does a lap of the house... You see pretty much everything he uses. Yeah. You see the wheel that he's turning. You see the toy cars. You see the record play. You see the mannequins. And you see the in the basement the furnace. Yeah, that I he's guess. scared of. He's scared of, but then later on he's not scared anymore. Kevin is incredibly wise. He is. He's much wiser than old person with pigeons and old person with the snow shovel. Yes. And, but he's also very blunt. Yeah. Like I feel like if Kevin was on No Pants, No Problems last week and Jeff was saying what he was saying about what he wasn't happy about, Kevin would just be like, Jeff, you're stupid. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, what did he, he compare? He goes to the old man, he goes, well, that's pretty dumb. Yeah. He goes to the thing, it's <laughs> okay. like, he goes to the pigeon lady. Well, I don't know if she has a name. Um, goes, your heart's, <laughs> but I don't know if it was meant to make her feel better. It was just like, I don't know if that means that they don't love you anymore. they just forgotten about you. <laughs> I don't know which one's worse. Yeah, I. it's... um. He says some very wise things, but still in a very kid way. Yes, yeah. But still smart enough to get the metaphor of... um. My not using my favorite rollerblades to her not using her heart. Yes. Brenda much. Fricker. It is just Pigeon Lady in the credits. Right. So, yeah, that's he's got two metaphors. Well, one's not as much a metaphor. I miss my family and want to see them Christmas Eve. You should ring your son. Yeah, that was a lot yeah. um, easier or simpler, really. Yeah. Even though my mum was a bitch to me two days ago, I still want to see her Christmas morning. But for some reason also, people just open up to Kevin. Yeah, it's really weird. Like if you met a rando at the park, it, I guess for the old lady, it does make sense for her to invite him into somewhere nice and warm because she's being a caring old lady. But then she... like. I had my heart broken and I've never loved again. I've never been yeah. brave enough to love again. Like you're telling a 10-year-old this? Yeah, it was a bit strange. But then he's like, well, you're stupid for not opening up to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point of having a heart if you're going to worry about it being broken? Like, um, It's pumping blood around my body. Yeah, so. sure. Thanks, Kevin. I'll go and fall in love with the possum man in... Central Park? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't imagine the dating options for Pigeon Lady in Central Park are that high. Wasn't there with some case, he just, and the bluntness is like, well, you're a bit scary and there's a lot of pigeon shit on you. Yeah. So maybe clean that up and hit the dating market. Yeah. Market. And then and then go and chat to that homeless man just on the yeah. edge of the lake there. All that 
the cab driver in the second Yeah. He gets scared by again. It's not any better in here, kid. <laughs> and it takes him a long time to get out of that taxi. Um, yeah. She's got a good spot, though, the pigeon lady. Oh, yeah, she's got prime real estate. Has she seen, actually seen Ella Fitzgerald or someone singing Ella Fitzgerald's songs? Because she doesn't seem like she's 100 years old. Because Ella Fitzgerald oh. was, what, in the 30s and 40s? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's seen her 50s. from... Yeah. But she's then, not that old. But also, then, I didn't always used to be like this. So if it's 40, say... Argument's sake, 40 years ago, she saw Ella Fitzgerald. Okay, 1952, yeah. Yeah. That's okay, yep. How old is she in the thing means she would have been, let's say, 10, 15. Yeah, I don't think... She wasn't homeless then, hiding out in the top of the building. Yeah, I don't think she's 70. No. Which then makes her 20. I also don't think she's been a homeless pigeon lady for 40 years. Yeah. Because she'd be dead and a lot thinner. So she's a lot thinner and then dead or dead and then a lot thinner? Well, each, <laughs> same way, really. Same way. It's, yeah, that's that I, that I found strange. One of Kevin's, there's two new jokes in Home Alone 2. Just two yeah. in the whole movie. The one where they have the get the bags off the carousel and they go give this to Kevin, give this, and yeah. it goes down the line. Then Kevin's not here, Kevin's not here. Then that that I found funny because yes. none of them acknowledge until Catherine O'Hara yells Kevin and faints. Yeah. And when the room service man comes to serve Kevin in the room, and he goes oh, two scoops. two scoops, sir, and Kevin goes three scoops. I'm not driving. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a joke that he would. Understand at all No, not at all And like I said earlier In any other movie I go Fucking precocious kid Yeah But that's the point of this movie Yeah Is that he's acting like an adult So That's Two movies Done Yes If you were Chris Columbus And you're looking back on your career now would you have preferred to have directed Home Alone 1 and 2 or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Um, I have a feeling that Home Alone 1 and 2 would have made me more money. Because John Hughes hired Christopher Chris Columbus to direct National Lampoon's Vacation, right. Christmas Vacation. But then he didn't get along with Chevy Chase. Apparently, according to Chris Columbus, Chevy Chase treated him like trash. Oh, wow. So they clashed. So then Chris Columbus was like, all right, I'm not going to get you to work on this. And then so he got him to work on Home Alone, which then led him on to obviously Home Alone 2. It's also where he met producer Mark Radcliffe. Ooh, I did notice that. Harry Potter. And then Chris Columbus directed the first two Harry Potter movies. So I feel like beyond just directing Home Alone, meeting Mark Radcliffe has been a good career connection for yeah. Chris Columbus. I um he has got he's got some very good movies on his list. Yeah. Like any Thanksgiving movies? No. Is that too topical? I don't think so. Um Home Alone is the the third movie he ever directed. Oh really? Home Alone, Home Alone Two, Mrs. Doubtfire, Nine Months, Stepmum, Bicentennial Man, The First Two Harry Potters, Rent. The help he produced. The first two Percy Jacksons. He's produced a lot of movies as well. Mm. Where's his director list? Oh, there. You've got to click to that. And he's got three in pre-production. Oh, one in pre-production and two announced. Nominated for one Oscar for producing The Help. Yeah, right. Bicentennial Man. Like, you know we love Robin Williams. Could take or leave. Yeah, yeah, but he's good. The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Who directed The Christmas Chronicles Part 1? Anyway, that's not what we're here about. How many out of five, and would you give Cokes or Pepsis? In the first one, I'll give Pepsis. In the second one, I'll give Cokes. (laughs) So for the Home Alone 1, how many Pepsis out of five? Um, This is hard. Yeah. 
three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it four. Yeah, it's bordering. It's very rewatchable. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's good for that reason. Yeah. The three and a half and three. So three and a half Pepsis for Home Alone 1, three Cokes for Home Alone 2. Cokes yeah. are worth more than Pepsis, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just thinking that. Well, two Cokes then. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it four and three. I think there's a bigger difference between one and two. It's just because they're such, this, the same movie. But it just goes a little bit too far. There's less Kevin in two. I felt like it was half a tourism ad. Yes. But also the violence at the end just goes too far. But there's far. more characters in the second one. So in the first yep. in the first one, it's basically Kevin, Robber's family. Yeah, and it's not even family. Old man. It's Kevin, Robber's, Kate. Yeah. And then Chris Columbus the, added the old man story. Yeah. In the second one, it's Kevin, Robber's, Pigeon Lady, Toy Store Man, Family, Hotel Staff. Yeah. The City of New York. The City of New York. Donald Trump. Donald yeah, Trump. There's a lot going on. So four Pepsis, three Cokes from me. Or maybe even 2.75 Cokes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going three and a half. Oh, I'll go four and three as well, I think. Okay, I've talked you around. Yeah, I just don't know. It, like you say, it's a big difference and three and a half is a bit stiff. 3.8 and 2.9. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. I've been Lee. He's been Brett. This is Movie One for December. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And a happy new year. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Odd Sox Entertainment. For more of Odd Sox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheese.